0: the career establishments talent talk asia podcast is brought to you in partnership with vincere the all-in-one crm for ambitious recruitment businesses founded by asia-based recruiters back in 2012 over a thousand recruitment companies choose vincere to accelerate their growth Whether your business is contract, temp, executive search or perm, if you're looking for a new breed of tech partner, talk to Vincere. Visit vincere.io forward slash talent talk Asia for an exclusive offer for all listeners of this podcast. Hi, I'm Andrea Ross, your host, and in this series, we feature some of the most successful talents from across the region to discuss the forces, opportunities, and challenges that are shaping the corporate landscape. If you're keen to be a guest on the show, then please reach out. Hello, welcome to another episode of Talent Talk Asia podcast. Before I get going with today's episode, I just want to say a huge thank you for the amazing reaction I had after the previous episode with Jessie Deary from Horizon Recruitment, where she talked about running a business her way, which wasn't overly focused on sales and more on customer service. Thank you to those of you that have rated the episode. It might seem a small thing to you, but it means a great deal to me. For me to deliver this content every fortnight for free, ratings and reviews, are so important. If you can take a few minutes to rate and review on whatever platform you use, whether it's Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, it really does help. Also, do check out our Talent Tip Tuesday series featured on YouTube, where I tackle a recruitment challenge every fortnight. I'm joined by the big picture thinker, Adil Drewush, Group Managing Director for JAC Recruitment International, which is the holding company for all JAC Ex Japan operations. Trust me, this is a podcast not to be missed. You may not be familiar with Adil. He's just landed in Singapore from Japan, but this is an episode that will keep you hooked throughout. Adil is originally from Morocco He studied at the prestigious Sophia University in Tokyo and spent the majority of his recruitment career in Japan working for Robert Half and RGF. He's now in Singapore with huge plans to expand the business across all 11 countries under his jurisdiction. This podcast really surprised me. Adil was brutally honest. He displayed vulnerability on what hadn't gone so well in his career and what he sees as non-negotiables when it comes to being successful. It was refreshing to hear such honesty and openness, particularly for someone at that senior level. This is what you can hear from today. Deal. Happy New Year. How are you?
1: Very good. Happy New Year to you as well.
0: Was it, was it a busy Christmas and New Year, or was it a low-key one?
1: No, it was a busy one.
0: Was it? So yeah. you need a holiday to get over that one then. Yeah,
1: probably in 12 months' time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. I think what we're going to be talking about today is that there is no time. There is no time yep. for breaks. So I am really excited to have you on the show. Is your background really intrigued me when we caught up for coffee? Um, so when I looked at your background, you'd worked in Japan, you're not Japanese. Obviously, I did a little bit of research from LinkedIn, and you studied at Fez University in Morocco. Then you graduated from Sophia University in Tokyo, Japan. So don't kind of see those backgrounds that often. So tell me a little bit more about growing up in Morocco because I've never been there and I'd love to know a little bit more about what it was like to grow up in a place like Morocco.
1: Well I, I don't really remember I mean I, no. <laughs> I lived there when I was in my early 20s I remember the you know school time the the your childhood a little bit but it was it was, it was normal uh, as if you are anywhere else really uh, just a normal family, uh, parents in academia, so you can you can imagine a little bit right, more. Right,
0: okay. So, what do your parents do when you say they, academia? They were they, teachers.
1: Um, okay, okay. And uh, you yeah, know, it's it's all academia, and that's that's the household, you know, that's the, that's the environment. It's all about education. So, it's
0: no, all is about no studies. TV then, is
1: it? No TV, books? no sports, uh, no yeah, nothing uh, right, but okay. study.
0: Okay,
1: uh, pretty hardcore, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's just the traditional Moroccan family. Oh, especially. is it a traditional?
0: It wasn't just necessarily your family. It was traditionally no. Morocco. There's quite a big emphasis on on acad- on academics. Yeah,
1: especially if you come from an academic kind of you know background family, mm. uh, the emphasis is all on education. It's, it's more or less you know the same as in Asia. You know, yeah, uh, there's a huge so. focus on academia. Yeah. Uh, for certain families. And yeah. that was the case for me. Um, okay. it, wasn't, it wasn't fun, uh, but uh, <laughs> I survived, I guess.
0: Do you miss about, do you miss living there? I mean, do you sort of frequently go back or is it kind of your life in Japan is kind of more home for you or was home for you?
1: Well, I've spent 15 years in Japan, so it's, it's, mm. it's like home. You know, I was there in my early 20s until my late uh, 30s. So, you know, it's, it became home. Um, and my family uh, was in Japan. I've got kids in Japan as well, so it's uh, uh, Morocco. The I've got my mom still living there, okay. so I go and see her you know, the least once, once every two years, once a year. Yeah. Or she comes. She used to come to Japan yeah. and visit me. Um, got good friends there, so I'd love to to go back and yeah. see them from time to time, but not not on a regular basis.
0: Though. Okay. And yeah. so, what was it that made you decide, of all the places in the world, right. that you would go to Japan? and and study there, because that is quite an unusual route, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah uh, very much. I mean, it's mm. it's it's far away, it's in Asia, there's very little knowledge and mm. everybody thinks Asia is China. Uh, you know, <laughs> talking 20 years ago, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I was never interested in Japan per se. It was China, actually, uh, that caught my interest since okay. early age, um, you know, being in that environment, you know, in, in you know, parents in academia, mm-hmm. you, you tend to read a lot, mm-hmm. study a lot. Um, in particular, history and Asian history, mm-hmm. which is very much dominantly Chinese in many ways, mm-hmm. and I was I was interested, so I always wanted to go and live there and study there. And um, I did pay a visit uh, to Beijing. This is this is twenty years ago, right. and it wasn't as I I, I hoped it would be. Okay. uh and then it became Japan because I met my uh, to be professor at the university, and he likes me and he invited me to come. Over to, to Tokyo.
0: So you went to you went to China, but what was it that got you to the? What made you decide on Japan? Then was it just that contact that you had?
1: Yeah, um, when when I travelled to to China, I visited Japan as well, um, okay. as well as Australia and um, um, yeah, Japan is is you know my image about Japan was more like a Kyoto type image, yeah. which is yeah. like really cultural. Yeah, um, Tokyo is just yeah, it's just
0: mad. Yes,
1: yes, crazy, and I, I I loved every piece of it uh, yeah. since day one, and yeah, that was that connection. Uh, my professor, uh, is a Japanese guy, is a, is a lovely Japanese guy. Uh, he liked me. He you know he asked me to come over and study and and.
0: So you were it. studying there, or you were working there as well? What was the or both?
1: Well, I was there as a student initially, uh, and I did finish my B.A. and uh, uh, master's degree. Um, he asked me to stay for my Ph.D., and I was like, well. Enough, enough academia and you know, let's, let's, get, let's get to business and do something can you, different. Can
0: you earn quite good money if you stay to do your PhD or is it...
1: Is uh, it... Probably not. Right, okay. <clears throat> not not okay. similar to what, what we, we do now, but um, it'll, it'll be average. It'll be a comfortable uh, life, but I wasn't looking for comfort um, anyway. So. And, and in academia, it's, uh, it's a lot less challenging comparatively speaking if you're in, in the private sector. Yeah. Um, it, it's just a very different world.
0: What was it like when you first moved there 20 years ago? What would you, what would you say was the biggest adjustment for you? It was,
1: the, the language was, was, was mm. a big hurdle. I mean, mm. um, it, at that time, you know, 15 years ago, right? Mm. At that time in Japan, you don't, you don't find a lot of people that speak actually English. Um, I mean, obviously, I didn't have a lot of contacts either. It was, was confined to the university, which was fine. But once you step outside, yeah. um, it, it's a real challenge at that time. And now it's it's, it's a lot better. Tokyo is a lot more diverse. There's a lot more people that speak English, but at that time it was quite a a big, um, just a big shift. Uh, Culturally, I I never thought I had a challenge understanding the Japanese culture because, uh, um, you know, Morocco is is kind of a weird mix of cultures. You've got the Middle Eastern influence, you've got the African influence, because we're in Africa. Mm -hmm. You've got the very much the European influences, while well. we're close to Spain and Italy, um, so it's a mix. You kind of used to a different view of yeah, things. It's yeah. not completely uh, new, and I just loved the you know the, the Asian culture in in general uh, yeah. from day one. So it wasn't a big challenge. The challenge was the language for sure.
0: Yeah, and you, I gather, I assume, if you're married to a Japanese lady and you've worked, and you've lived there for 15 years, you speak fluent Japanese.
1: I wouldn't say fluent, but
0: Good enough good enough good yeah.
1: enough to, to get by because my, my education was all done in English my English wasn't good at t- at the time I moved to Japan
0: okay, okay. Um,
1: so I had to struggle so to learning two languages <laughs> to learn wow. English to get okay. by the university and then uh Japanese it wasn't a requirement you had to take it for one
0: semester and that's it What's the what's um what's the most beautiful place in Japan that you love to visit?
1: I'm a city guy. I love Tokyo. Are talking. you? Yeah. Do you? Because Japan I, has
0: just got such beautiful countryside and just it does. Yeah. It does.
1: and I've been around um, almost everywhere, really. But the ski uh, resorts and yeah, yeah, it's it's a lovely place. I mean, mm. you've got everything. Here. Mm. Uh, i love cities and tokyo is just
0: so what do you love about a city that's
1: just the vibe the, mm. you know it's always act- and and tokyo i came to singapore and that was mm. one big difference mm. and yeah, tokyo is a 24-hour city
0: yeah uh, yeah singapore shuts it shuts at ten thirty um, at the moment doesn't it but yeah and i, I just love that yeah. i love
1: that active lifestyle where yeah. you go out and people out there all the time and they're moving fast-paced and mm. it's it's a huge city as well mm. um yeah I, I just i love being in cities
0: so, what piece of advice would you give to someone if they were moving to Japan that would help them transition smoothly? Other, other than the language, let's say there were some recruiters that were, or you know, the traditional route of teachers going into recruitment mm. in Japan—it's always one. What would be kind of the biggest transition for them to be aware of that they needed to be, you know, that would be a piece of advice from you?
1: Be patient. Um, uh, you know, it's a different culture, right? Mm. Um, and you are in Japan. You, you know. It's, to have a much easier life you gotta you gotta slow it down a little bit uh, okay. and, and try to you know take i know it's hard for a lot of people and it's not easy but you really need to take time to end this and because a lot of things in japan take time
0: when you say take time, is this in regards to take time in building relationships, take time in the pace of life, take time in, you know, what, what, what are we talking about? Relationships. Saying, um, okay.
1: The pace of life is, is, is quite fast, especially okay. if you're in, in, a, in a major city like Tokyo or Osaka. Um, relationships do not happen overnight in Japan. It takes a longer time because it's, it's you know, it's based on trust. Yeah. Uh, and the longevity guarantees some of that. Uh, which is quite different in in the West, where you meet people and you connect, and that's it, right? But yeah. but in Japan, it does. So there's a take big reliance on that.
0: reliability, then, which is more the yeah. the time spent. You can't you can't accelerate trust so much in no. in Japan. No. Okay, that's really interesting. Thank you for that. So let's now transition. When you transitioned into recruitment in Japan, so you were a teacher's assistant at Sophia University for seven months before moving into recruitment. So so what made you decide to move out of a career in academia? And obviously, probably annoy your parents,
1: <laughs> and yeah. go into the
0: world of sales. <laughs>
1: um, well, it, it was my 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 decision to be to be honest. With you. I knew I wanted to do something different mm-hmm. uh, from academia. I loved academia. I loved you know, just being around books and teaching, and you know just just being knowledgeable about what's going on in in life in general. But I didn't know what I wanted to do outside that world, um, and. I've been always busy doing a million things at the same time i okay. have different part-time jobs i've worked in hotels i've worked in you're it's a juggler just, it's just, like just a crazy mixture of lifestyle mm-hmm. um but um luckily and fortunately i met uh, to be my my first boss in recruitment uh david price he was uh he was the ex-head of uh, robert half japan um and after the the, the Lehman shock he you know stepped down and he focused on on billing and building the contracting business, and that's how I I I, I came uh, to recruitment. I didn't know much about it. I didn't know what to expect. Uh, still young, a bit cocky and overconfident, and I thought, <laughs> yeah, you know,
0: that's that's all the traits of a great recruitment uh, consultant, isn't uh, it? Typical. <laughs> so in so it was 2011 to 2013. You joined Robert Half as a consultant on the contract desk. Focus on finance, accountancy, and IT. That's that's quite a big remit, then, isn't it? That's really varied.
1: It is. Um, the The only difference is the type of contracts we were doing at the time is like the IMS type. You know, it's it's more like interim management. Oh, it's more high, senior level. Yeah, okay. More senior level. So okay. the the market isn't as big as in you know normal temp uh, uh, business. Right. Uh, so you ha- it was driven by by BD and BD and BD and BD okay. because a lot of time we go to clients; they have no clue about what they need in terms of project space, especially in finance accounting. IT is a lot more straightforward. Yeah. Uh, but finance accounting was always this: you gotta get out of the clients through those conversations. So the BD sales, uh, the relationship building skills is is prime in that business.
0: So obviously, you'd not done recruitment before or any sort of sales roles. Right. So did you have sort of formal training? Like, how did you know? How did you learn how to? had to do recruitment it, it wasn't much of a formal training rob
1: i have uh, had a, a you know just a very good platform but uh i wouldn't be at that time patient enough to do a training to get to know what i have to do wow. uh, so that's the tough personality that <laughs> i have and my boss immediately knew that, and he was like um i'll let you do your thing uh <laughs> ask me if you need help <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it did work out uh fairly well. well you were lucky then I was very lucky. Yeah, uh, and and if I didn't have him, uh, if I didn't have David, uh, you know, it wouldn't have happened. That's all.
0: And is David still there? Or? He's still he's
1: still there. He's he's, he's just a a greater human being.
0: Oh, I don't know so that's nice. I might reach out to him after this and say yeah. hi. So, what was the contract market like at that stage, and how is that now developed in Japan?
1: Well, you got to define which contract market it is the the term we call as hakken in in Japan. It's a it's a license. Uh, business and there's the contracts in what we used to do which is more like consulting service agreements based Uh, and and that's a lot smaller at that time versus the general temp uh, business Uh, but it was big enough for two people me and david we 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 had the market and uh, we we did you know amazingly well in our first year
0: and you never wanted to look at permanent recruitment what you nah. did after that? Did you always do? Did you did you always do contract? Or did you move into perm?
1: Well, when you do contracts and were successful in contract, you look at perm. It's like nah, that's not. It's a just business. quicker, yeah. right? Well, it's
0: quicker it's, turn around. It's a little bit feeds more feeds into your complex. personality, maybe, maybe, yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: but it's a little bit more complex than perm as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the the. It, you know if you're I'm doing a t- high end contract and it's driven by the relationships we have with the sea level those budgets aren't hr budgets you yeah, know are, true, it's, true. it's a little bit more complex uh, to get into that space and once you are successful in that space you look at everything as easy
0: yeah and i uh, suppose from a from a in terms of the model that you're using whether it's a budget model or how you're you know structuring that for the client for the candidate and the client right. it can be different every time right it's right. not always so right. we just charge 25% it's always no so is that something that you quite enjoyed the variety of that and being able to kind of manipulate that it. in a positive way just I love yeah it. yeah i yeah. love
1: every bit of it, it yeah was, okay. it was creative you you mm. you can actually be creative with clients yeah. and providing solutions um, and it just gives you space to think about what you're doing uh, and you know by default you look at everything else like static and uh, mm. you wouldn't want to enjoy it so i never wanted to be in perm uh, it happened i transitioned into perm um but oh, you did you did yeah i did i did uh, after about half i i went more into perm uh, business uh than contracts
0: okay i'll ask you about, a little bit more about that in a second so um what was it what do you i mean obviously you've tell me a little bit more about the fundamental differences in recruiting from japan to say singapore or hong kong for instance right
1: well japan is, is a candidate driven market right mm-hmm. it's a lot oh, well relatively easier to get the clients to sign tnc's and, and and start working with clients right including the big multinationals it's a lot harder to place candidates uh, because there's there's a huge shortage of bilingual candidates i'm talking about bilingual candidates in japan um and you know there's this huge you know cultural differences as well the preference goes to japanese that can't speak english right. and that's even a smaller uh, a smaller market um yeah. while elsewhere you know it's a lot more driven. can you actually get the clients to work with you rather than you know sourcing candidates um and japan is is a much bigger market it's it's a huge market um you know compared to say singapore
0: when you're saying who, who which you know what does it compare to in terms of size do you think
1: well the in UK terms of
0: market or
1: it, the the demand in japan is is probably a lot more higher well um, given Why? that, you know, it's, it's, it's a big economy, it's, mm. it's, it's a vibrant economy in many ways. You know, for certain industries, Japan piece is usually number two in revenue globally. So I'm talking about healthcare, for example. Uh, so there's a lot more potentials. It's a little bit behind, let's say, in technology, like maybe a five years behind than you Know the US or Europe, okay, so there's okay. a lot more to be done in that market, okay, which necessitates you know the the you know having having candidates. Uh, candidate. but it must
0: be really difficult trying to find Japanese that are overseas educated because obviously that's only a small proportion of people that can afford to send their kids overseas, right?
1: Um, yeah, uh, true. In so many ways, it must ways. be a small, a small
0: market to be, it finding is a small candidates.
1: market, that's why the fees are really. Huge in, in,
0: yeah, they're like thirty in, odd yeah. percent or thirty five percent, aren't they? That's probably another reason why people stay recruiting in Japan. Yeah, yeah. they don't tend to necessarily move out of that.
1: Yeah, because it's it's a lucrative market, uh, high fees, um, and if you know if you're smart, if you're a little bit creative, you can you can make a very you know consistent revenue. But uh, I
0: gather you'd have to be able to speak Japanese, though, right? If you're headhunting candidates all the time, as opposed to clients that may well speak English, you would you have to speak Japanese?
1: You you don't have to. Uh, if you're dealing with you know the bilingual market because most of these guys will have to speak english anyway to go into interviews but that's the
0: challenge though right because if you're headhunting a candidate right. and you you can only speak english they know you're a headhunter then surely
1: <laughs> if um, you're
0: trying to call because when you're headhunting you yeah. don't always necessarily have the right you don't necessarily always know the right name or exactly where they are when you're doing that that right. research so does it not just completely alarm bell at that department when there's a call? Oh, it's an expat on the phone. Probably. No, it does.
1: To... It does in many yeah. ways. Yeah, okay. You know, but Japanese people are a lot more receptive. They're, they're, they're a lot more polite and they take time to speak to you. And, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're looking for bilingual candidates and it happens that you only find people that can speak only japanese then that's not the right candidate to send to the clients anyway so okay y- y- you, so you know.
0: filter them out quite quickly if they can't understand yeah you on the fairly fun. quick yeah but we were saying is to really be successful is is it's good to be patient but also learn the language if you really want to yeah. race and be successful it, it just
1: helps you a lot yeah i think you know getting that trust from the candidates mm. if you speak you know, even fifty-fifty in Japanese yeah. and English, it, it just helps you because yeah. they feel that you understand the culture. You're not yeah. a completely uh, a complete outsider. Yeah, uh, you do understand the culture through the language. Yeah, uh, hopefully, uh, so that 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 does help you.
0: Share. With, can you share with me some initial challenges that you faced early on in your career with 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 building relationships with clients and candidates? Because you know, I know you said that it does take time. But how do you overcome that? What what I know you said it's a longer game and you need mm-hmm. to be more patient, but you've obviously still got targets on your back. Yeah, so yeah. how do you try and accelerate that trust as being a foreigner in Japan?
1: Well, there, there isn't many ways of accelerating that trust. You need to do a lot more volume to, to get to that speed uh, that that you want, right? Until you build your own network, then it becomes a lot easier. But initially, you have to do a lot. You have to work really hard. You got to do like ten times more than. So meeting people. more candidates, meeting you, more clients, speaking to yeah, them more. Yeah. yeah and when you're saying a lot time. more,
0: what what are we talking about here? What oh, is goodness. the what is the activity levels at that stage when you need to build that that business?
1: You you, you know you, you're going to be talking the least, you know, fifteen candidates every day. Mm. Um, I mean, you know, sourcing is different, but talking is another story as well, right? Yeah. You got to be really active. Um, yeah. And then same goes with the clients as well.
0: Yeah. Did you find it was hard to kind of differentiate yourself because you weren't Japanese or you hadn't got that track record? What sort of did you find was, a, was one way that you could kind of carve yourself out in the market?
1: I, 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 well, I was I was lucky in many ways because I went to university in Japan and Sofia mm. University is one of the top mm. universities in Japan. So I always used it. Uh, yeah, and they yeah. loved it. Okay. You know? it, was, it was great. you know, yeah. I went to Sofia University. <laughs> it's like, you know, immediately you get into, you know, this, this small little box of yeah. people that are you know smart and rich and because it's an expensive university right. it's a private okay. university okay uh nothing to do with me but anyway i was, <laughs> I, was I was i was lucky being <laughs> there and using that as a platform for me to say hey i've been here i didn't arrive yesterday i've studied here mm. i understand the culture mm. uh, and i've been part of the society so it and and they respect that yeah They they really respect that yeah. because you've done You've been there, you've done something yeah. that, that makes sense and connects with people. Yeah, it's that
0: common ground, isn't it? There is that yeah. connection. I think that's yeah, really yeah. important. Yeah, for sure. Um, you moved out of Robert Half and spent eight months as an independent consultant. What was the reason for for moving or was this out of your hands and what did you do for eight months?
1: Oh, what, what would I say? Uh, young and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> young and stupid, okay. Uh, you know, when you're doing well early in your in your career, Especially in this business, the environment does, you know, push you toward a certain direction of yeah. being full of yourself.
0: And, yeah. yeah. Um,
1: and it's easy. It's, it's, it's very easy to belong to that side. Um, and mm. that's what happened. I was just, I thought that I could do it on my own,
0: right.
1: uh, which is not true. Uh, I thought that I knew most of it, which was not true. So I went to a small company. They just started... Um, and uh, it was it was a miserable failure. It was horrible. <laughs>
0: I love that you're so honest about that. Someone, it was horrible. Most people would try and cover that up and say, "Yeah, it was really good," and but you know, I just found another opportunity came up. But thank you for saying that. Nah,
1: <laughs> nah. it's 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 painful. And How, it when is. did you
0: realise that it was the wrong move?
1: I think it took me like a good three months because I was hustling, okay. I was trying to make it and, and forget about all the negativity, the new environment mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. And and coming from, you know, a big company to a, you know, four people shop. Um, that was was shocking but I, I invested my time in doing the work. It didn't pay off, so. Uh, doing I think, contract uh, as well. No, I was I was doing uh, more perm at that time. So
0: you'd uh, switch from contract to perm. Yeah, so that's a so that's a big thing as well. Then wasn't it for you? Yeah. It, it was, uh,
1: and they were working mostly with the with the big four, and you know, it's it's all about delivery. Oh, big and,
0: four! Oh, god. Uh, you
1: know, there's a lot of things that I didn't, uh, I didn't know, and I understood it after three months, and I was like, okay, this is definitely not not gonna work. Um, okay. And it wasn't, it wasn't a good move. It was a smart move, but it was a, a necessary move for me.
0: So, how was David's? How was your relationship with David then? Who you'd left, and you know, he trained you, and then you, then you buggered off. He yeah, so France, like yeah. you know,
1: he's he's just a, a, a good human being. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't. I can't find other words uh, to say. That's he really he nice. will wish you the best anytime, anywhere. Um, and he was he's more of a f- friend, really. I mean, we we used to, to get the families together almost every week, you know, for, for the three years that I worked there. So it was a much deeper, uh, yeah. stronger relationship yeah. than just business. Um, but it, it hit me hard. I was like, wow, you know, from from been doing really well uh, to to nothing. Um, and it, it wasn't easy, but I guess I was lucky at the time. I, I had the guys from RGF. At the time, it used to, to be called CDS. It was the first acquisition done by, by Recruit uh, for the executive search, uh, bilingual search business. Uh, and I joined them. Um, I September was
0: 2000. 2019, I've got down.
1: Uh, Is that right? No, That was, was 2013. Um, oh,
0: 2013. Yeah, uh, November 2013. Oh, so let me just go back then. So, so 2013, you joined... The CDS. Which is RGF, basically. We Which got is now, re-branded. then it got rebranded. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. So, you'd been with them all the way through. Okay, you yeah. got it. So, tell me about the role that you went into then, right. initially, your initial role. Was that PERM? Was that contract? PERM. It uh, was PERM. So, you decided well, to stick with PERM.
1: Yeah, PERM. And didn't have a lot of choices there, but my boss at the time was like, well, you can do anything, really. So, why don't you do uh, a finance IT? So, technology within financial services.
0: Um, technology within financial services, and got I'm it.
1: not a technology guy. I'm not a financial services guy either. And the <laughs> stupid me took that, anyways. Uh, <laughs> you know, you keep making the same mistakes, and when you're young, you don't think much. You just go for it. Yeah. You know, you're, you're trying but to. But is that
0: a bad? Is that a bad thing? Would you change that now?
1: I would have done it the same way if if I go back. Okay. Uh, because the the big difference is, I learned fast, yeah. and that was the. The game-changing moments for me is because I, I, I it took me a while, but when I understood that, I corrected that immediately, and all the success came after that. But I'm not sure if a lot of people will actually. It takes a lot of guts um, to 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 fail, <laughs> yeah. Because it's it, it's not fun. It yeah. is not fun. Um, but it takes even more courage to say, okay, well, I've done it, didn't work, and let's move yeah. on. And so, so what, uh, so what that's is, what is it done. that
0: you're finding in yourself then to? Because obviously you're taking risk to go into something you didn't know, and you want to make that a success. And you and you learnt, you know, what was it that you relied on in yourself that would make you say it'll be okay, I'll make it successful? Because you've gone, I know you've gone through that failure, but what is it you dig deep into finding and bring out of the bag that Mm. you know that you're confident enough that it will be a success? Coaching provides the space for professionals to take time to hit the pause button, reassess, make decisions, commit to new action, and move forward with clarity. To enjoy a 10% discount on our coaching programs, reach out and quote the word talent. Talent Talk Asia is brought to you in partnership with Vincere, the all-in-one CRM for ambitious recruitment businesses. Visit vincere.io forward slash talenttalkasia for an exclusive offer for all listeners of this podcast.
1: Well, I guess two things that I knew about myself. One is the the, the level of uh, confidence and, and hard work. So yeah, I used to go to the office at 7, 8, and I'll finish around 11. Oh, That's situation. every day, every year. <laughs> for Jeez, many did you years. have any
0: friends outside of work? Or nah. does work happen after from 11 o'clock until a few?
1: No, not many friends. Um, and, and, you know, work for me is not just work. It's, it's a lifestyle for me. I, I know it's, oh. you know, it's a lot of people wouldn't see that as, no, I, healthy, I, I, I um,
0: unfortunately some.
1: But, but I that's, can agree with that. That's how I how, how I live my life. I, I really love what I do, and I do it for a longer time, and I enjoy every minute of it. Um, and that's that's it. And
0: yeah. do you find that 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 way that approach can get you into trouble because not everyone thinks like that or oh, yeah,
1: works yeah, for like sure. that? Well, you know, when I when I started managing teams, in you know, a first team that I managed, I mean the expectation was like, I do it. You can't do it. Why aren't you doing it?
0: Uh, How did that work out for you?
1: Uh, It didn't work very well, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Half of the team just left. So I was like, okay, wow. Uh, That was a good start. Uh, So yeah. So what
0: changed then? What had to change? Oh goodness.
1: Um, Well, I had to fail a few times. Uh Big time. Um, I was, I was, I was very lucky to have good people um, as my, my my managers. Uh, I think that's, I was extremely lucky with that. And
0: when you say good people, what does that? What does a good person, good manager mean to you? Well,
1: they they don't quit on you, right? Because mm-hmm. they can they can see something. They they never tell you about it, but they can see something there that is unusual, um, that will be helpful for the business, that will be good for the business. Um, and and they support you, and they keep the consistency of support that mm. you keep getting mm. uh, was pretty amazing. And I think that that was really me being very, very, very lucky to so have you knew you had that problem. foundation then, that you
0: could take those risks, that you knew that you could... I don't, think I, there? No? I don't think I knew that.
1: No? I don't think I had time to think about it, to be honest okay. with you. Uh, so just
0: head down. Yeah, prove it, w- it was
1: It was interesting, because I always believe in, if if I am going to do my job well, I have to build that relationship with my boss. There, there's no other way around it. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to be nice to anybody, but... I have to be honest, I gotta be transparent, straightforward and whether people feel and like it the way it comes across or so doesn't mm-hmm. I Cared less, but I cared more about me being open and vulnerable to my boss, mm-hmm. so they understand my weaknesses. And mm-hmm. I, I think that was just natural in the way I, mm. you know, I deal with my my. But managers. that isn't
0: and that isn't something that everyone does. I mean, I I, I think it, it's a lot easier for a manager to understand a team member if they are open and vulnerable. Yeah. Because then, then if you've got a decent manager, they right. will help to overcome that for those people. So I think that's obviously worked for you. So talk me through you were there for 6 years so how did your career progress then from from when you came in doing perm you know how was it you know talk me through sort of the career ladder within those 6 years
1: well every, every almost every year i've done something different um uh, started in in uh, finance it uh, i did okay i wasn't i wasn't genius uh and then um, my boss came and said like yeah you've done contracts and why don't you try that again Okay, the stupid mayor was like, yeah, jumped on it. I was like, yeah, sure, let's do it. Eh? Failed again. <laughs> okay, contracting needs, needs a, you know, the company wasn't, never done contracting, wasn't really, you know, back office systems, processes, mm-hmm. knowledge-wise, nobody really knew much about contracting, and I jumped on it, emotionally driven, because mm-hmm. I love contracting. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? It didn't work out very well. So I failed in that for the second time. I think I spent four months okay uh, but through that process and and the hard work and the i guess dedication and just you know my heart is out there for the business uh, they they gave me a well a team that wasn't performing obviously uh it was, it was horrible at that time <laughs> yeah I, I it kind of still haunts me to to this yeah. day but it was, it was pretty yeah. horrible it was good people a very underperforming team um and that's that's what I, I, I made my mark is I turned that team in, in two years and a half to the second uh, revenue generator in, in, in the office.
0: So what desk was that?
1: That was a back office uh, functions.
0: Oh, that was my first For financial services? Or? No, no,
1: it was no. a cross industry. It was a functional
0: So uh, when you're saying team. back office, what finance and… So I we had
1: what? the HR, we've got finance accounting, yeah. not only back office and some other functions as well, legal compliance and IP, uh, supply chain. Uh, procurement and internal uh, IT. So, so five. That's massive, though. Small that's teams.
0: that's huge. So, when you took out, so when they, when you went out of contracting and set up this desk, was there anyone else on it?
1: Yeah. So there were nine. I guess nine people uh, doing HR, finance, accounting. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much. But so, did you go I,
0: in and manage straight away then? Yeah. Had you managed before?
1: Uh, one person before.
0: God, jeez.
1: Yeah, and there wasn't. There wasn't so fun really. Experience I mean.
0: They, they, they really kind of went out on a whim then really didn't they
1: oh big time big time
0: so there was no one man manage- so someone had left that team
1: no it was it was under another team because there's just a bunch of people here and okay there and okay uh, they wanted to to build it as a real team okay because you know? the company was very much industry-based there was no functional specialist okay and you know for a company of 20 years doing it on a, on, a, on an industry base and you're trying to build that functional specialist yes yes it's always hard right um
0: so so talk me through what what a, what you needed to do in those two years to turn it around and, and for it to be a high performing team
1: i I don't think I knew what i what i what I needed to do at the time, because I was a junior manager, right? I was mm. given that chance it was an underperforming team. I knew I wanted to make it a successful team in terms of revenue, the number of headcounts, the culture of the team. Uh, we only had two functions. We built it out to five functions. So the the first thing that that I did uh, was to define what how are we going to look like? in two years, for example. So and quite that's,
0: visionary, quite futuristic then and what it needs to look like We We to, locked it mm.
1: down in the first few weeks. Mm-hmm. So, so we're going to have, you know, different functions. It's going to be highly specialized, mid to C level. We're going to have four to five people max in every team. Mm-hmm. A, and we're not going to hire junior people. We're going to hire people to experience minimum of three or five. So it, it was defined. And I don't think that was based on any experience. It was based on what I've seen in the market. Yeah. So yeah. Nothing new, but I just defined it yeah and we stayed on it and so we got it done and that's exactly what what, what happened um, and did
0: you find those nine people that are on the team you could progress up to management or did you have to clean out that team
1: well i i didn't think about progressing anybody because i was an angry junior manager right uh, i was just thinking like if you if you if you can't make it happen get out uh that okay. was my answer. So quite
0: short sighted at yeah, that yeah, stage, you much. think? Yeah. Uh,
1: okay. From a management standpoint. Yeah. And I you know, we end up asking half of the team to leave. Uh so I end up with just half, like mm-hmm. four people. Mm-hmm. Uh four people. And I still remember my uh my boss boss at the time came to me. He was like, uh well, you are still in March. Uh, so, those people that left, uh, their budgets will stay with you until December. Yeah, that's like,
0: the killer. Well,
1: I haven't been told that. I was like, well, now you know. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, uh, you
0: learn pretty quickly not to do that oh again, goodness. even if they're not very good. Uh, keep hold of them until you replace them. <laughs> it yeah. wasn't
1: a fun experience, but yeah. we made it. Uh, I promised that we we're going to hit our budgets in Q4. And that year, we did. And the next year was just like, you know, 82% growth. It was just that, crazy. So,
0: what? Changed in terms of the people that you were hiring to come into that team—that was different than what was there before.
1: It was very different type of people. In what way? Um, you know, the seniority level. I think the average at that time was nine nine years uh, experience in the team. Okay. Yeah. So I went out to get people that were better than me. So I, I, I said that. I said I'm going to get people that have a lot more experience than me. They're a lot smarter. Are you, you went know, for more
0: as, experience? Yeah. Oh, see. So that's interesting.
1: Yeah. Uh, well. So you know, i
0: say nine years experience was a, was pretty weighty. No, no, Maybe for, hit. that
1: that's that, that's the people we got.
0: You had people that had on average nine years of recruitment experience. Yeah, yeah. And you were getting people that were more experienced than that.
1: Well, no, no. The the team we started with, they were probably less than that. It's five, six, seven years experience. Okay. But you know, we were trying to, you know, upscale and get people got with, it. with more experience. Okay. More mature. Um uh they're more you know client oriented type yeah. of people because yeah. we wanted to target that mid to c level so okay. it was quite specific it yeah. was hard to get these people mm. i mean who's going to work for this young kid you know that's trying mm. to hire somebody who's been there for for a decade and so uh, yeah and that was my challenge that i took on i said i'm i'm gonna do only that i'm gonna hire people that are better than me
0: how how did you get them to come over what did you say what did you do
1: a few things that were different is uh, one is, is obviously the honesty, but honesty alone isn't enough to get a top pillar to come over and work for mm-hmm. you. Uh, it, the, the missing piece in a lot of, you know, you know, in our business in general is managers going out to hire. They, you know, they're trying to, to, to get people to impress them the commission structure, the company culture, and, so mm-hmm. and so, you know, every company is good in a sense. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think there's a bad company, mm-hmm. just difference. Um, I had it clear. And every person that I met said, this is what I want to do. This is when I want to do it. This is how am I going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I am going to do it with you or without you. But I want you to belong to it because I don't understand that piece. Yeah. And I need you to, to drive that piece. Yeah. So it's a necessity for me to hire yeah. you. It's not a luxury. It's and how
0: they play a part in that journey. And they did. As opposed, yeah. And
1: they did. They were amazing. Uh, it, was, it was just an amazing team. Uh, yeah. And, you know, we ended up doing my succession plan with somebody that was in the team. It was just a good story. Uh, But my my focus was to get that vision clear to everybody, everyone, and it was very, very consistent. So everybody that came into the team heard exactly the same, and I've seen exactly the same for the years to
0: come. And did you have to change your style of leading if you had a Japanese workforce? I gather you did have a Japanese workforce, or was it next? Uh,
1: It was was 50-60% Japanese. Okay. Okay. but, you know, th- those are bilingual Japanese, they've lived, they've studied overseas, mm-hmm. so they're, they're not your typical, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're a little more open-minded, international in many mm-hmm. ways. Um, well, you had to. Uh, and my Japanese at the time wasn't great. Um, but I always tried to speak to them in, you know, 50-50, mm-hmm. uh, make people comfortable. Um, did I have to change my son much? Not really. Uh, I suppose
0: your style was probably fairly Japanese anyway. Maybe it wasn't so di- so different in anyway. Ways, yeah. So um, I can't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> it's <laughs> gone out. It's gone out the window. Um, let me just ask the other. So you moved out of RGF in last year. Last year, 2019. No, two thousand twenty. So yep. you moved out last year and you joined JAC Recruitment International as their Group Managing Director, and then moved to Singapore. Yep. So talk me through sort of the reason for leaving RGF and and obviously what was your decisions around moving to JAC.
1: Well, for for the last two two and a half three years, I was yeah wanting to go and work outside Japan. You know, I've been there for fifteen years. I've yeah, I just felt that I needed a different environment to test myself and see whether I can get the same success elsewhere in a different environment, different culture. Uh, and, you know, I was almost about to move with RGF, um, mm-hmm. but they, they had different plans and, you know, they, they're downsizing the business overseas. Uh, so th- there wasn't as much of a, of a chance to get there, but that wasn't as much of the, 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 reason, reason, reason was JAC just had a, a plan, uh, a big plan for expansion, for growth. Um, and given my personality my experience and just how I, you know what I like to to position myself. I like to be in a growth environment. If if you ask me to maintain a business, I'm the worst person on no. earth to do that. Uh, I just can't handle it, <laughs> and I just don't know how to do it. And I understand that. That's not my skill set. Um, and that's why I'm historically I've been pretty fast doing my succession plans in every team I took because I I know when I reach a certain level, I just get bored. I can't do it. I don't feel the passion. And before I get to that feeling, I just build in that succession plan to take over. Uh, and JC just had a, a massive plan. In 10 years, by 2030, we want to be 10 times bigger um, globally. Uh, and that will be driven uh, by organic growth, partnership, and, and uh, M&A as well. So it was a huge plans. Uh, it was a step up for me as well. So tell,
0: tell me a little bit more about the particular role that you've gone into, right. and also the differences between JAC and JC Recruitment International, because I, I don't understand the difference right. on that as well.
1: Well, JAC Group uh, is headquartered in Tokyo. It was it started in London in seventy five. It came to Singapore in eighty seven. Okay, eighty seven. And 87. then Tokyo okay. in eighty eight.
0: Oh, interesting. So yeah. it wasn't there first. No,
1: no. It was. It was. UK business and then they came to Singapore and then Japan but Japan took off and became a a huge operation
0: so what led it to be a UK business how did that originate then
1: so the founders were living in the UK
0: but Uh, were Japanese yeah
1: yeah okay and it's it's interesting that's why it Mm. defined the way we do business Mm, for 45 years Uh, they were there in the UK and the mission was to service the japanese community from a you you know businesses from a recruitment standpoint they had food business they had real estate business oh, right. so it wasn't just recruitment okay. but it was you know was at that time there was a huge japanese community in the uk and europe in general mm-hmm. uh, a lot of businesses are doing doing well in 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 the uk japanese businesses so there was you know a need to have a japanese to actually service the the community there and that's what they've done in all other countries, including Singapore. That's why our, the, the vast majority of our clients are Japanese. And we've been yeah. working with them for decades. Yeah. Uh, and that's Incredible. why we've been number one in that, in that market, uh, not in other markets, but in, in the Japanese market, we, you know, our brand is, is extremely strong.
0: That's incredible. I mean, I, I I always find it so interesting because I think we we'd always, when we was at Robert Waters, always sort of admired the firms that were just specialising in the Japanese market, and I we just never touched it because I think it's one of those. It's kind of it's just too hard. It is. <laughs> yeah. It is.
1: And uh, you know, we talked about trust and you know the longevity mm. you know that it takes to get trust. And that's a long game. Mm. Yeah. So. I always say this, you know, we we can do the business we do because we've been doing it for so long and we've got the trust and the brand. And we can go and do the MNC SME business because anybody has a good salesperson, good infrastructure, good drive, you can get into that business. Not everybody can go into our business. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. the strength of JAC. The JAC Recruitments International is the holding company of all the operations of JAC outside Japan. Got it. So this is the headquarter outside Japan. Okay and uh, i manage it which means that i oversee all other businesses outside japan
0: and so talk me through your role in terms of you know what you've come in to do um and the geographical coverage that you're looking after right
1: right so i'm I'm busy here in singapore and we've got two entities jc uh recruitment international and jc singapore so jc singapore is one out of 11 countries that i run uh, so i've got got it Southeast Asia, mainland China, Hong Kong, Korea, India, and uh, uh, Europe. We've got the UK and Germany.
0: Got it. That's huge. (laughs)
1: It is. Uh, It is big. It's huge. (laughs) It is big.
0: Oh my gosh! Good job. You've got quite good stamina because I think that's gonna it's gonna be a challenge. So, what are your key priorities for the next one to two years?
1: A lot. (laughs) There's so much that I want to do. So much that we've been doing so so far already in in a very good pace. we, we, are, we are in a niche market, the Japanese market. We've been doing this for 45 years. We are number one in that market. We are probably the only, at our scale, uh, firm that does 360 in the Japanese market. Most of them are 180. Got it. Um, so we're very specialized. We have the relationship. We have the database in that market. And that's great. But if we are going to be 10 times bigger, we need more than that. So my biggest mission is to grow the business, to to be more inclusive of other areas in the business, the MNC, the SME side, the RPO, the IMS business. So that's, that's the plan is to go beyond just our core business. However, we need to stay number one in the Japanese business. Uh, and I think that's where my experience in Japan comes handy because I understand the culture. Mm. I know that, and I want to maintain it. A lot of the guys that you will get from outside will not be comfortable, uh, mm. uh to keep that business because it's, it's fairly complex for the yeah. outsiders. So I want to keep it, but I want to build into it. But to start with, I think we need to work on our brand. That's it. That's a huge project we have. In what way? Well, we are well known in the Japanese business and that's it. Um, uh, and we need to to be you know as a brand more inclusive uh moving forward and we, we're not going to be the hazel page tomorrow obviously and we don't want to be they're good at what they do we're good at what we do but we're trying to move into that uh to, to that business given my experience in and you know in the MSC SME business um
0: why is brand so important that feeds it into is. your other priorities?
1: Well, it is. It is. Uh, it is important for clients. It is important for candidates. You know, again, that trust. It is important mm. for hiring.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah. If
1: you're trying to hire and you know you, you don't have a vision to go beyond the core business that is not compatible with yeah. a lot of people's experience, then yeah. Then
0: have you found works. that so far? Because I imagine you've been here for a couple of months now. How long four have you, months. You've been here four months, and I suppose you've been talking to a few recruiters. How have you a found? <laughs> A lot. hopefully some people listening to the show a today lot. um so how have you how has it been has it been a challenge because of the brand isn't quite where you want it yet and how have you been able, how are you trying to overcome that at this stage
1: well the brand isn't there uh in terms of if you're if you're speaking to somebody hazel walters or you know they, they know jsc's japanese company for japanese business mm. and that's about it right mm. So it's very limiting in a sense, but what they don't know is what i've just told you in terms of our strength and what we're planning to do and I, I've been astonished that people actually get surprised when they hear mm. you know j c is that big of a company yeah. and our, yeah. our I was surprised. Mm. It, it is a big company mm. uh, uh, you know it's it's not it's not a small shop uh we have just been unknown in the typical mm. areas where these guys will work on mm. so when i when I share with them what we are actually um uh, and what we're trying to do, it's, it's a huge, huge surprise for a lot of people, which is, which is a great thing because they can see there is potential in the business mm. as well as a lot of challenges we have.
0: What do, you, what do you see as when the recruiters you're talking to, what has been the common thread of reasons why they would potentially move out?
1: The, the growth potential. Uh, both on the business and as as individuals and, and we're not telling people you know come over we're going to pay you 10 20 percent more yeah. that is not the discussion it's the same f- uh, way for me to move for scope and 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 to scale the businesses to grow it's for a lot of other people as well that are ambitious so there's there's one type of people that would definitely love to be in J C and that's the kind of people that are a little bit crazy they they, mm-hmm. they they want more and more um mm-hmm. and they you know, they have proven that they're good, it's just they haven't got that scope and scale at the speed level they want to in whatever they are. And I think JC offers that big time now. Uh it's it's performance based. Uh we're not here to maintain or downsize the business, we're here to grow the business.
0: Which is quite exciting considering what's going on in the world. Yeah. It is. And yeah. we're
1: hiring across every eleven country we have. So
0: where Japan. would be the if someone's listening to the to the cast today? And they were sort of sitting in different parts of the world. Where, what are the priority countries? Because you have mentioned, 11, was it 11 countries? Yep. So is there a priority over all of them? The same? They're all looking for the same types of people? Like what?
1: We, Well, not not all the same. I mean, the are mm-hmm. differences. we've got some smaller countries like in Korea. And, and how much can you mm-hmm. grow that business mm-hmm. within that market is, is a big question mark. Um, but Singapore, definitely.
0: And what are you looking for in Singapore?
1: <sighs> a lot of things. Because... Um, Historically, we've been a you know, every country has been on its own, very, very independent. So there wasn't much of a regional collaboration or work, mm-hmm. uh, even structure. Okay. Uh, and that's something that I want to build from Singapore, given Singapore is our uh, you know regional uh, headquarters, anyways. Yeah, um, so as a lot of the core hires that will be done here will have potential in the region from a management leadership standpoint. Okay, so
0: if someone joined a Singapore office, they could potentially have the regional responsibility. And why not? Okay, okay, and interesting. That is interesting, because I think there is lots, so much scope for work in terms of Vietnam or for Thailand in terms of roles. So sometimes consultants can get a bit frustrated if they're just over the Singapore market. Yeah. So that gives them the opportunity to do regional and more senior level work as well.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're, we're, we're still in the early stages of building, you know, the segmentation in our business mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, trying to do the executive search side the middle ground and the lower end now it's all in the mid range yeah okay uh, in the japanese business which is different okay. from the mid-range in the msc yeah, business okay. but yeah for example if you're gonna if you if we're gonna build that you know executive search you know high-end uh mm-hmm. retain slash exclusive business um that would be regional it will have to be regional yeah of course yeah and kind of offer that
0: yeah what, are you looking at consultants in specific areas as well, sort of IT, or you know, is there any areas that are kind of more in demand?
1: Um, across the board, but priority will be uh, technology, mm. digital space, obviously, uh, healthcare, yeah, um, and and the contracts in business. Okay, those will have be you got contracts in business now. We do, we do. It's a small one. Uh, but, you see the um, growth there no, yeah. yeah I bet you're like Ugh! it's not gonna be me doing it so uh, <laughs> <laughs> let, let somebody else do it and and, and be successful with so it. you
0: said the brand and hiring is sort of a challenge at the moment what are there other challenges that's kind of keeping you up at night right now
1: um well it will take more than a day to go through that but <laughs> <laughs> yeah of course <clears throat> I mean it's uh, you know we're trying to do something different from what we've mm-hmm. ever done in the past it's all sorts of Challenges internally, not to do with people, uh, which is great because there's mm. a, there's acceptance to what we're doing, there's support to what we're doing, which is which is amazing. I was that was my biggest worry.
0: Yeah, talk me through that then in terms of what support you that you are getting that you didn't realize you were going to get.
1: I, well, I mean, my boss, um she's a lady. And I'm, what's her name? Uh, Hiromi Hiromi Tazaki. Okay. Um, is very very supportive uh she she works a lot harder than i do wow that's that's incredible (laughs) so we've got a good combination there she's extremely supporting the board members in japan are supporting uh the colleagues Mm that i have the cfo uh steven who's who's sitting with me here in in singapore is extremely supportive so i got a really really good team uh, and all of them are very senior and well well experienced in their field so that's great Mm -hmm. when you go to a local level and talk to the mds all of them are receptive to what they want it yeah they've been wanting it for so long so yeah. i haven't seen i haven't seen resistance mm. I, i've seen so now when you first
0: tread in water that doesn't necessarily want to change
1: i don't think that's the case for us i don't think that's the case for us which is great yeah um that was my biggest fear but that mm. that has gone but we've got other challenges i mean if, if you got a structure that does the japanese very well and you want to make it you know you know use the same structure for other businesses not gonna work yeah um, so yeah. we've got a lot of lot of work to do
0: and have you got to replace your database have you got to look at that is is it all that kind we of stuff are you... very soon are you uh, it's gonna be have amazing. You confirmed or
1: yes it's confirmed it's gonna be very soon in a few
0: months are you able to say who you went with no <laughs> <laughs> all right. my sponsors have been chairing that do a crm so if you don't so let's not mention if it's anyone else um so in regard in regard to hiring ta- uh, we've already mentioned that who uh let me just double check in regard to hiring talent what type of person would you hire for your teams and why i think we went over you said crazy um someone that wants to prove themselves got a track record that isn't able to scale the business what types of people aren't you looking for that need not apply
1: well everybody else uh yeah yeah if you're I mean look I mean my what my focus we've got other mds that they they'll have to do the you know the hires for for the local entities, right? My my hires are are more of a, a senior level hires, mm-hmm. uh, more regional in nature and scope.
0: So this is ten, uh, twelve years experience levels or not? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, I, I have ten years experience. You know, I don't have, I don't have that long experience okay, so, either. So
0: so okay. I'm
1: open. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, okay.
1: I think five years plus can can.
0: Okay. Yeah. 'Cause people I think sometimes it's quite difficult basically. to get people that sometimes at the senior level. Yeah. So will internal mobility be something you'll be focusing on in regards to people coming in? Will people have the opportunity to move out? Obviously when the world goes back to normal again. But will there be those opportunities for people?
1: Yeah. Well we had that. Uh you know, they're not gonna waste for me to implement that, but it wasn't structured. Mm. Uh now I think by the end of Q one we're gonna have a solid process and, and, and you know procedure of if somebody wants to move and so it'll be it'll be fine from q2 basically
0: how do you see digital marketing taking more of a front seat in how to get recruitment firms names out there
1: well i see it we're not doing a good job with that yeah Uh, is that
0: something you think you'll look externally to kind of get support on or do you think you're trying to build that in-house capabilities
1: both depending Mm. uh, but but we're gonna um we, we, have, we have somebody yeah. to, to hire within the next two or three months. So we've got a headcount that we need to get in somebody to help us with that across mm-hmm. the 11 countries we have. Gosh, um, Gosh and, that's and a big so role. It is, it is. Yeah. Uh, we've got a good team in Japan, but they're busy. Japan is, is a huge operation. They're busy yeah. with the Japan business. But also, I think it's quite we'll t- that is good. a different
0: type of marketing for Japan, I'm sure. Yeah, I think it has to be quite localized. Well, at least someone that can understand all the different markets and yep. tailor that accordingly. Yep. Um, I know that I'm seeing there's quite a few firms, recruitment firms here that are looking externally on just getting training for their consultants to be better at social Mm. media. So they're just just putting out posts on what jobs they're looking for, but how they actually create a marketing strategy for themselves. I see that as really changing. Um, What do you want JAC Recruitment International to be known for in the future?
1: An inclusive brand.
0: What does an inclusive brand mean?
1: We are a brand now in a niche market. And that's not inclusive of of other markets. Uh, and uh, hopefully in a few years, uh, we want to be inclusive as a big brand that has more than just a niche market. Um, mm-hmm. And that, you know, it's the MSC market, the SME market, the RPO market, you know, it's, we, we, we have plans to do that. And I hope that happens ASAP.
0: Yeah, it's exciting. Would you be open to meeting other MDs or recruitment firms locally or regionally? And the reason I say that is when I have a guest on the show, especially if up to sort of an MD level, um, a lot of other firms, other recruitment firm heads also want to kind of reach out. And sometimes I feel sometimes I might be a little bit nervous about doing that. And I I I, re- I just wanted to know whether you would always be open if someone reached out and said, hey, um, fancy a beer. Or oh,
1: definitely. cup of tea. I'm whatever. already doing that anyway. So. You are? Okay. Okay, good. Uh, How,
0: what, yeah. the, what, have, what have been the benefits for you doing that so far?
1: Well, you know, uh, I'm new to the market. Yeah, obviously, I don't have to, you know, yeah, to be the local MD for, for a specific country. I am for Singapore now on a transition period. And we're waiting to, to onboard the next MD for, for oh, Singapore. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So is
0: the MD that was there before not there anymore?
1: Uh, he's back in Japan. Uh, Who's that? Uh June. Yeah. Uh, okay. I he's, think he's I knew. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. happy. He's uh, he, we speak uh, every two weeks. We still have our one-on-ones. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, he's he's back. He's he's happy with the family and the business. He's back with JC. Japan. Okay. Okay. That's
0: so nice. That's for, that's nice that you said uh, that because I think that also just reinforces what you've been saying today. Yeah, you're Saying no, that he's gone no. back to the same. So who? So have you already secured someone to take that Singapore uh, role?
1: Not yet. Oh,
0: how exciting.
1: Yeah, it is. So it
0: when is. do you think you're going to have someone on board for that role? Well,
1: I hope yesterday, but that's not, that's not real. Oh, so, um, exciting.
0: We'll talk afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to do the, we're, we're finishing up now. We're just going to do the two questions on the rapid fire round. My, my favorite, my, one of my favorite parts that never is rapid, um, mainly my fault because I talk too much. So what was the last podcast or book that you listened or read that you would recommend to the listeners and what was your key takeaway from it?
1: The Alchemist read it oh i've read it like a million times and that is generally got, my I've latest i've actually got book. that at home i've got that at home
0: i haven't watched it what, what, what was your key takeaway from it
1: ah so much i mean uh goodness dream you get a dream and mm-hmm. uh, so th- i think that's there's so many good points in the book but you get a dream yeah uh, you know mm-hmm. go into that journey dreams are for free you know you don't pay for them yeah um they, they just stay dreams without goals but First, you have to dream, and and yep. dream big. You know, there, there's,
0: yeah,
1: you don't have to limit yourself to how far you can go, uh, and the risk will come if you actually want to make it a goal mm-hmm. and and come to an end result. But mm-hmm. that's the biggest uh, takeaway from me from that. And it's it's just a, an awesome. I'm gonna re- awesome I'm
0: gonna read one. that after I read my Obama book. <laughs> I'll put it on my list. What specific impact do you want to make on JAC Recruitment International?
1: Well. Um, there's, there's a lot of things that I wanna I wanna do with the business, obviously, but the 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 impacts that wouldn't be just because of me joining the business. I wanna make sure that my impact is because we hire a good, solid group of key people that will make that impact. That will be my uh, my you know that is my first thing to do is to get people that can do my job, that can do better than. Than me. That potentially in two years or three years, somebody can take over my job. You know, if if they are, um, they want it, they they want to get it, and they're working for it. I have I have no problem with that because they deserve it. They deserve it, and it's uh, up or out, as they say, right. And I've done that in the past, so (laughs) (laughs) and I'm willing to do that as long as you find a person that actually can deliver and do a better job. There you go.
0: Love it. Good luck, and thank you so much for your time today. Thank you very much. You have been listening to Talent Talk Asia podcast by The Career Establishment. To learn more about The Career Establishment, our people and our latest thinking, visit us at www.thecareerestablishment.com or find us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook.